On today's show, we'll be talking about tipping whiplash and our culinary fundraiser Cooking with Class coming up soon. There are new openings and takeout options, and as always, we'll share where we've eaten out and what we've made at home. And our guest this month is Angela Shen of Savor Seattle. It's all coming up on the Seattle Dining Show. Hi, this is Holly Smith from Cafe Juanita. Welcome to the Seattle Dining Show. Coming to you live from the Test Kitchen Studio high atop Queen Anne Hill, it is time for the Seattle Dining Show. Join us as we explore news about Northwest restaurants, take a look at upcoming events, discover new kitchen tips you can use at home, dive into great recipes, and much more. And now, here's your host, the senior editor, Connie Adams, and whoever else just happened to drop by today. Welcome to the September 2020 Seattle Dining Show number 2009. I'm Connie Adams, Senior Editor, and I'm here with Tom Marin, publisher and owner of Seattle Dining, and you never know what you're going to get from him. Hello, hello, hello! Oh, the three hellos. He's in a fine mood this morning. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I thought we would talk this month about uh, the person in my own mind who I call Mr. Trendsetter. And, and what's happening with tipping right now. We've had this discussion before, how much should you tip, how, you know, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And then Danny Meyer of Union Square Hospitality, Mr. Trendsetter, in, and this was 2015, he said, no more tips. Yep. We're going to pay everybody a fair wage. Everybody's sharing if, if, you know, if somebody wants to tip because somebody did a great job, fine, but anything. Yeah, but he charged a uh, service charge, Yes, right? and then he split that with everybody right. throughout the restaurant. So now he's come out and said he's reintroducing tips at his restaurants. So um, basically he's thinking uh, as they open the outdoor dining, they'll start allowing tipping again. That was obviously a while ago, outdoor dining. Of course, this is New York. So um, he, he cites the, unfuture, cer- uh, the uncertain future of restaurants, the slashing of revenues during the pandemic, and, and basically said that it's the inability to share tips. That's the problem. So his goal is to have tips shared among the entire team so it's equitable and increasing, I think this is interesting, increasing total compensation by an average of 25% across their full-service restaurants. Well, if he can do that, he's doing better than anybody else. Well, you know what's going to happen when he does that? Uh, the the uh, food prices are going to have to go up. They're going to have to go up. And then when the food prices go up and they're paying the staff more money – they're going to look for ways to cut corners, and they do that with food quality. Yeah. So now you really, you know, you're really better off eating at home. Yeah, he's not. Uh, he's not known for low quality food, but it just seems to me if my prices in my my meal that I'm eating out reflect a 25 percent increase for staff compensation, why am I tipping? Right. So I'm not sure about that. And there's others who disagree totally. Uh, and, and I get this. There's a lot of people who hate tipping because of the racist, sexist, exploitative nature of it. Like the stats show that there's an $8 per hour differential between blacks and women getting tips versus white men getting tips. Hmm. And then there's a lot of women who have to put up with a lot, people, men grabbing them or doing whatever – if they want the tip, and if they're just trying to bring money home, maybe they're a single parent. They put up with a lot to Wasn't get that tip. Wasn't there some politician that said grab them by the tip? Uh, <laughs> uh, well, it's probably our president. Uh, I'm, oh, not uh, getting oh, political. Hey. Not getting political. Um, so uh, it's it's interesting to me, and and the uh, the other thing to me is that there's right now tipping is just all over the place because with the pandemic, the people who have money and are going out to eat really feel strongly that they need to tip heavily. So, I mean, I was with some friends the other day, and, and I was like, don't have a lot of money, so I tend to eat out to support the restaurants, but I don't tip hugely because I don't have the money. Yeah. Um, but but other, they have the money, so let them do the big tip. And they were doing big tips. Yeah. So it was like, okay. So, uh, but, but that is uh, – I can see how if I were working for my tips, I might think, well, if she can give 10 bucks, why can't, you know? But that's the way it is. They're probably more pragmatic about it than I am. Yeah. I mean, if you got it, you got it. If you don't, yeah. don't, feel, don't feel too bad about it. Yeah. And we're, we are eating out. 
you yeah. know, people who don't have money are still trying to support the and restaurants. Yeah, in you're some supporting way. the restaurant. So yeah, and that in the support of the restaurant, it means that server has a job. Mm-hmm. So you know, in my own way, I'm doing my small thing. And the kitchen staff is working, and the delivery yeah. guy is working. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. So, so what do you think about all that? How how where are you on tips now after all these months have gone by? Um. You know, if tipping went away, I'd be fine with that. If the food prices went up as a, as a difference of that, I'd be okay with that too. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, right now, restaurants don't want to raise their raise their food prices because they're you know they're a lot of restaurants are down. So yeah, it, it all comes out in the wash. Someplace, someplace, you are going to pay for this. You are going to pay for good quality food and good service. You are yeah. going to pay for it. That's just what eating out is about and that's you know you do it because you love it well you um, know like the with the minimum wage going up as much as it has in the, in this area mm-hmm. um food prices have to go up yeah. restaurant you know and and drink prices are just crazy yeah like you know well, well maybe five years ago we were paying eight dollars for a martini now we pay 12 yeah but you know what my that's like a 50 percent increase and my theory on that because i used to work um in the movie business, you know, for, for a company that um, owned theaters. and um, SRO. SRO. And uh, I always compare the drink prices now to Coca-Cola prices or soft drink prices in the theaters. You know, buying movies and paying for the right to show movies is pretty expensive. And you don't get it, especially back then, you know, at whatever the price to go into a movie was. You never make the money back. So you make it at the, at the bar, at the concession bar. So, like, you could go out and buy a Coke for 59 cents, and you're going to pay two sixty nine at the theater. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where the money comes in. And alcohol has always been the moneymaker in restaurants. So, so, so it, you know, that's something that's going on around here right now is uh, the price of soda at various restaurants. So, yeah. like, McDonald's has their dollar beverage any size, unless mm-hmm. you're in the city of Seattle where you're going to pay a buck fifty. Because they got the soda tax, and even if you buy the diet, they're going to hit you with the soda tax. They'll pocket it, but yeah. they're, they're going to hit you with it. So, um, so okay. So let's say Shoreline. Let's talk about Shoreline, McDonald's, and Shoreline. A dollar for any size beverage. Yeah. And then you go across the street to the Taco Time, and it's I think it's two seventy five for a large yeah. soda. Yeah. Whoa. So know. you know what I do now? I'm, I'm, I'm Mr. Cheap Frugal Man now. <laughs> I keep a 12-pack of 7-Up and a 12-pack of Diet Coke in the back of the car. Yeah. And then I drive through Taco Time and I say, yeah, I'll have that classic burrito, please. And that's $9 now. Yeah. I thought I switched you over to the natural soft taco. I know. Oh. Didn't do that. <laughs> uh, so so then I paid $9 for a burrito and uh, I drive away and open up the trunk and Pull out a Diet 7-Up. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. And if you don't have it in the car, just drive across the street and get your beverage at McDonald's. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, go through two, two drive throughs yeah. You'll feel really good that day. Yeah. And usually there's only 10 or 12 cars ahead of you, so it's not that big of a deal. Because, you know, you get a real energy burst every time you go through a drive through So you'll you'll be like <laughs> super – it'll be like you drank Red Bull or something if you go through two <laughs> drive throughs and one lunch. <laughs> All right. Sometimes I don't think my thought's through, but, you know – it just seemed like a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you want to talk about where we've been eating? Yeah. Um, we went to, and, and I'll let you talk about this one because it's always been your favorite, the Wing Dome. No, I'm going to let you talk about oh, okay. it because you're nice Because I'm nice. The Wing Dome. We went on Seattle's waterfront, and we, we uh, had bad – Tom had a very bad experience in – oh, my God, what was it, 10 years ago or something? 20. 20 years ago. But it sticks in our mind, which is why restaurants hate bad reviews and don't like people who keep it to themselves. Because we've held a grudge all these years. So we went down to the waterfront wing dome. Um, and actually, food-wise, I was – I don't know that I want to say impressed. It's not like I was just blown away. But I thought the quality was better than I was expecting. Um, and admittedly, you and I are not wing people. So we got – a barbecue chicken sandwich. We got some chicken tenders. We got a green salad, which, by the way, was very fresh, and the the dressing was good. Yep. I wasn't thinking that their salad would be, you know, 
anything. Yeah, that was good. So and, I, and that barbecue chicken sandwich was real good. Really good. I thought the tenders were good, and they all the chicken was cooked perfectly. They've got the cooking down, you know, the timing down. Mm-hmm. And then we had um, onion rings, which I thought were pretty good too. Mm-hmm. So, so overall, I have to say I, I was kind of impressed. It isn't like I'm going to go all the time because I just can't eat that much fried food all the time. Yeah. But with that salad that was so good, and then if maybe you were with somebody with a smaller appetite, you could split the sandwich or something like that, you know. Yeah. And the sandwich Mix was not – I'm not sure. The, I don't think the sandwich was fried, was it? Wasn't it a – No, it was a pulled chicken. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there are, are ways around the fried food thing, but if you're in the mood for fried food, it was actually pretty good, so – so that's my take on the wing dome. And yeah, I don't think we had the wings, but it wasn't uh, everything we had. It wasn't greasy fried, exactly. Which is what had happened twenty years ago. Was was it was greasy fried, and the floor was covered with grease. This was the location on Greenwood Avenue. Mm. Uh, the floor was coated in grease. Uh, it was actually slippery to walk in there. Um, and that was twenty years ago. So you know, yeah. don't 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 read that review now. And, yeah. <laughs> and obviously they've reacted to changes over the years, you know, and they've improved things. Yeah, maybe they remember the uh, subtitle of that article. Greasy so, as she goes. Greasy as she goes, yeah. <laughs> Even I remember that. <laughs> I'm sure at the time I was like, oh, don't put that up. That's so mean. So, okay, why don't you talk about Finn's Bistro out in Issaquah? Uh, oh, okay. This is a little place we went to out on the street. Front Street. Front Street in Issaquah. And um, I don't know. What did we eat? I can tell you all. Yeah, you better okay. You better talk First about of all, this. I shouldn't this be is... talking about any of these. I can't remember anything. <laughs> I'm the only one who remembers what we eat. Um, first of all, Finn's Bistro is now owned by Jeff Maxfield, who was the chef at Sky City at Space Needle. He's been a longtime friend, a longtime supporter of Cooking with Class, just a great guy. So he and his wife and another couple bought it. Um, and all things considered, they took over in November. So, you know, yeah. right before the pandemic. Yeah. So um, all things considered, I think they're doing pretty well. And on the weekends, Issaquah is one of those places that has closed Front Street down. Mm-hmm. So on, I think it's, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I'm not sure. You'd have to look it up. They closed Front Street down, and restaurants all up and down that street um, put tables out in the middle of the street. Jeff uses the street. He also uses his parking lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they do have a patio anyway outside. So he does, uh, you know, on the weekends he can do some good numbers. And while we were there, there was a, at one time a lineup, and mostly that was just getting people through because there were tables available mm-hmm. outside. But um, um, and then we had uh, we shared the crab bisque, which was quite good. Remember? Yeah, that was good crab bisque. And then you had a chicken piccata. Oh yeah, which I took a bite of and I liked, but it was um, fried as opposed to like pan fried. I felt like it had a crust on it or something. Was mm-hmm. that right? Which was fine. Sometimes I mean, it was delicious. They do. But it, it, it had like a panko crust yeah, on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I had, oh no, I can't believe I remember what you had and I don't remember what I had. You had fish, didn't you? I, yeah. Um, well, I'll tell you what. None of this matters because Jeff changes the menu almost daily. Mm-hmm. So whatever we're talking about may not be on the menu when you get there. And anybody who ever ate at Finn's before, you know that was a set menu. And now with Jeff there, he's changing it up all the time. Yeah. So, And the one thing I do remember is that what was under our dishes was absolutely delicious. He had some kind of a... a I can't believe I I just like had a, a slaw or something or I don't know there might have even been a pasta under mine or something but the flavor oh I had I'll, it, it's coming back whatever I had had basil pistou on it oh yeah so it had that basil oil sauce kind of it, it was it, you know it was the sun dried tomato and goat cheese ravioli Mm-hmm. And yeah, he gets the ravioli from a place. They make them, and then he does this whole. It was like a salad, an arugula salad with this basil pea stew, and oh, it was just you know that was killer. I've heard arugula salad is better than an irregular salad. Well, that's it, what I heard, and it's good for you to be regular. So irregular, <laughs> regular, it's all it's all in the salad. 
So then the other night, we actually had an outing. We met some friends and went mini-golfing. With our masks With on. With our masks on and stayed away from everybody else. Masked up mini-golfing. Yep. And then we went to the Crown Hill Bistro and sat at the picnic tables that they have in their parking lot, which I enjoyed. I liked the outside thing, but that is a busy street. I did not like it. Yeah. It's way too loud. I don't, and you know all these parking lot setups. Um, the parking lots aren't exactly level, mm-hmm. so there's always a little bit of tension in your body, keeping yourself in one position without going downhill. Yeah. Um, but we had a chicken sandwich that was really good. Mm-hmm. We split it. We had what do we have? Onion sp- rings. Onion rings and a spinach salad. And a spinach salad, and that was all good. And then they had some uh, winer, and that was really good. Yeah, um, our friends had beer, so they had a nice selection of beer, and then they had the wine. Yeah, they might I, have I could go there by myself, and I'd put my noisy noise canceling headphones. Yeah, on. yeah, it was just the noise of the, and uh, one of them has some hearing problems too. So we just found that we'd be talking along, and then we could hear the truck coming, and we'd all just stop yeah. because we knew too. At least two of us were not going to hear mm-hmm. um, what was said. And then we'd have to – we did that several times. We had to go, okay, you know what? I, I missed the first part of what you said. So it was still so fun to be out and about and seeing friends. That, mm-hmm. um, that was great. But, yeah, be aware of that. And then last weekend, we went down to – down to Uptown, Queen Anne, and went to Sal y Limon, the restaurant, the Mexican restaurant that – Went in next to where Other Coast Sandwiches are and it, where Rasha is it now. It took over where 10 Mercer was. Yeah, that's and right. And it's, hey, guess what? The address is 10, 10 Mercer. Mercer. You're right. So how did you, what did you think of that food? We, you had um, flautas. Yeah, it was good. Had some guacamole on there. Mm-hmm. And we got some more guac because, you know, it's what we do. Yeah, you had some rice and beans on your plate. I didn't have any rice and beans. Mine was uh, supposed to be entree, but it didn't have anything but the flautas. Oh, Hmm, interesting. Which is fine because I don't need all those rice yeah. and beans. Yeah. Interesting. Otherwise, um, I have to I get had... a regular salad. <laughs> or an irregular salad. <laughs> I had the uh, mole, which was the darker, chocolatey, more, more chocolatey mole. You know, there's a lot of different moles. Uh-huh. Um, and the interesting thing about it to me was that so often what you get is sort of pulled chicken. And uh-huh. this was chicken chunks, you know. Oh, like yeah. Cubed. And the mole. Cubed, and it was uh, it was a little different for that because you the the ratio of mole to chicken is different than what you normally. Yeah, get. I think that that menu they're they're pulling from a different area of Mexico. Mm-hmm. So that could be, but you know what? It's not like it blew me away. Like, oh my god, it's the best Mexican food I've ever had. But it's really nice to have a decent Mexican place in the neighborhood. We've got a couple other places, none of which I'm just wild about. Right. Um, and so this one is something I would go back to. It's They don't have parking. It says on their website there's parking and there's street parking, and they don't mention that the parking they're talking about next to the restaurant is actually pay parking. It's a pay lot. Yeah. It's a pay lot. And, uh, and right the now, street parking is pay. Yeah, it is pay, but I have to say this has happened twice to me that night and then just yesterday I paid on regular Seattle City of Seattle street parking. Mm-hmm. And two hours is like a buck. Oh, so yeah. they've really, even oh, though they're they, charging they dropped now, it down. Yeah, because they said no, they didn't charge for at all for a while. They want to make sure you could afford those uh, high food prices when you get yes. to the restaurant. They're trying to make sure I can afford to tip my server. So, <laughs> so that's uh, oh, and I and uh, we our drinks. I don't know how you felt about your drink. I had their kind of most popular margarita, and I thought it was good. Yeah, the reposado margarita was good. Okay. So, home meals. I want you to talk about your pizza dia. Well, I did my homework on the pizza dia after I made it. Mm. And uh, I, I, like I said when I suggested the name, uh, there's got to be 100 recipes for pizza dia. So what happened is we, we had uh, some tortillas left over. And so I decided to make a quesadilla and I threw in uh, marinara, black olives, and pepperoni and cheese. And then I put another tortilla on top of that and cooked it up in a large pan. With a little oil. With a little bit of oil on each side. Yeah, like a tablespoon of oil on each side. 
Uh, so it was like a little semi-fried, but it was, uh, it was avocado oil. You yeah. want it. And it was, it was just, just enough to really melt the cheese and get everything warm. Yeah. It wasn't like a massive cooking thing. So, so it worked out real good for getting rid of leftovers. I still have some left. I'm going to make another one for myself probably. Yeah. And you used the um, whole wheat tortillas and they were the large ones. So yeah. So plenty for two people. Yeah. Got those up at Central Market. Yeah. So. USDA organic whole wheat. And they were 10-inch yeah. tortillas. Yeah. They're pretty good. So you also did a scallop dish in spicy mushroom sauce. I did. I made up my own little spicy mushroom sauce and got that going, put the scallops in the sous vide, pulled them out, seared them in the pan, and put the spicy mushroom sauce over them. We'll have to publish that. Yeah. 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 Well, I had uh, made a pepperoni pasta salad, and I used chickpea penne, which is kind of becoming a favorite of ours now. Tom really doesn't like white flour pasta. I could go there any day of the week, but I know it's not good for me. So chickpea pasta, in my mind, is the closest in terms of texture. Um, so it's the other the other things that have a weird texture or fall apart too quickly with the food or That's something. Good. The chickpea stuff sends pretty good. So this had mozzarella, pesto, cherry tomatoes, kalamata olives, sun-dried tomatoes, and garlic and parmesan. And it was sort of like a chopped salad, really, but it was just more Italian-y and with the, the pasta in it. But I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. And then I made a um, herb frittata with prosciutto and parmesan for breakfast one day. And what were the herbs in that? You had some basil? Basil, mint, um, uh, Maybe scallions. Some scallions yeah. or some shallot. There were... I don't think there might have been shallot in it, but I'm pretty sure I used green onion and, and maybe or maybe chives. Might have been chives. It was okay. chives. But anyway, the I got this off of Food and Wine, and and the, the person who did it usually serves it as an appetizer before dinner, mm-hmm. and just puts it on the table and slices it up like a pizza. You know, and people just take a slice. But it was a great breakfast, and oh, and prosciutto on the top, which was really nice. You put that on just enough to warm it up, and then uh, I thought that was really good. Yeah, yeah. So, well, you know what? We, we've been stretching this out. we got to take a break, and then we'll come back and we'll do, what are we going to do, some news bites? Yes, we are. All right, we'll be right back. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by Esquin Wine and Spirits. Drop by and check out one of the widest inventories of wines from around the world, as well as local and international spirits, all procured by their expert staff. Is your wine collection ready for a new home? Esquin offers monthly wine store storage lockers in a temperature-controlled environment. Visit their website at madwine.com today. Hi, I'm Emma from Seattle, and my favorite restaurant is Etta's on the waterfront. Their salmon is unbeatable. I love Armstrong Winery in Woodenville, and I'm a fan of Basil Cellars. Hi, this is Chef Lainey Carey from the Fig and the Judge restaurant in downtown Seattle, and you're listening to the Seattle Dining Show. Back on the Seattle Dining Show, I'm Tom, the publisher. I'm here with Connie, the super editor. Oh, from senior to super. And we're going to get into some news bites. We have a lot, so uh, let's let's get it started. And remember that you can always go to seattledining.com and look at the news bites if you want to keep up with what we're doing. Um, the former Red Door in Fremont is now Dreamland. It's a bar and it's breakfast food. All the time they're open. What a great time to open a bar when when you can't can't have have service at the bar. Well, I'm assuming that the whole thing is the bar. Um, So that's the place that had been owned by Susie. The property and maybe the building, yeah. Yeah. And you know that place has been moved twice? Yeah. It's actually been at three different locations in Seattle. Crazy. It's It's an icon. So now it's owned by the same people who have Stampede Cocktail Club, also in Fremont on North 36th. But, you know, 
and I know you're going to be excited about this, biscuits and gravy and cocktails. Yeah. He's going. Hey, I'd be standing in line for that. Yeah. Boy. Even an hour. Boy, maybe I won't stand in line at Best Cafe anymore, and I'll just stand in line over there now. (laughs) Well, I bet the food's better. (laughs) Food quality's probably better. So uh, places to eat takeout besides homes and parks are coming along. We've talked about this before, like Issaquah closing up Front Street on the weekend, and you'll have to check into it because everybody's got different days they do it or different times. But um, Ferdinand off Rainier in Columbia City has closed an alley that any of the nearby restaurants can use. It's open. U Village has closed part of a roadway for outdoor dining. Volterra Kirkland just got approved by the city for outdoor seating. Eden Hill Provisions has their Crockett Street Dining Plaza um, with an S. Dot Street Cafe permanent permit, and they've got picnic tables, umbrellas, mm-hmm. a schedule of pop-ups, and an expanded menu. So they're, you know, everybody's doing what they can do. Well, and... Uh... How to Cook a Wolf is out in the street, too. Ah, okay. Yeah. Now, the street's not close. So they must be on No, the... they're just in the parking spot. Oh, okay. It's, uh, two, maybe two parking spots yeah. that are in front of the restaurant. They've got seating out there. Because yeah. their outdoor seating is like four tables or two tables or something. Right. Um, and those windows open up, so, you know, the immediate table inside is like outdoors, but you can't put somebody at the outdoor table and open that window because so, they're too close. But, yeah. Another change is Via Tribulani has been sold by Mike McConnell and his wife to his younger brother, Mark, and his wife, Cecilia Ricard. They own the Native American food truck and the Native American restaurant that opened at the Burke Museum. So So they're going to have Native American pizza now? I don't think they're going to cross over. They did say they might have some things, you know, they might have some menu items from one on the other, but... You know, I don't think they're... You know, you could take a real nice corn flour tortilla and make a pizza with it, and then you'd have yeah. a, a pizza dia. Yeah. I bet that's... On. You know, once they hear this, it'll be like, where were we? <laughs> what were we thinking? <laughs> Bounty Kitchen on Upper Queen Anne, and there's a second one on at the Denny Triangle. They've now opened a third location, Capitol Hill, Mercer, and 19th East, the former Tallulah's. So Bounty Kitchen, as you know, is pretty much... Uh, I don't know that it's all organic, but it's all really healthy things and they've got a protein salad kind of thing that really is quite delicious so hmm i may have to go check it out i know i never have and there was a reason why well, i think i looked at their original menu and i just busted them on everything for not being as healthy as they wanted you to think it was maybe but also the first time we looked at it we were looking to have breakfast and they don't have any protein they don't uh, meat protein there's no bacon no sausage no ham Nothing. Yeah. Okay. So, well, I won't be going there. Yeah. So at breakfast. I don't know what's on the menu otherwise, but Hearth in Kirkland has started their pie on the fly program. So they do handcrafted pizza with a crust made of organic flour, and you can buy a box of, you know, buy a pizza and have them box it up and take it out, or you can grab a take and bake pie to bake at home. And they even sell the pizza dough balls. So if you want, don't want to do the the crust, you can buy the organic crust there and then, you know, do your own pizza at home. Mm-hmm. And they're also doing cocktails and six packs of beers to go, if you like. Because right. you never could get six packs of beer anywhere before. No, and you can't take it home at now all. Now they got a Negroni in the bag. I know. It wasn't <laughs> bad. It wasn't bad, but... Uh... <laughs> so this is a big one. The James Beard Foundation, for the first time in 30 years will not name winners at the awards ceremony. And I think that basically the thought is, why? Half of the people that got awarded are either closed temporarily or they've completely closed. No, that isn't actually the whole reason reason. why. Um, Because a lot of people that they had nominated are bad boys. Oh, seriously? Yep. And then they didn't have any black people that they nominated. Now, what do you mean by bad boys? They have... Sort of sexual harassment oh, issues. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Yeah. So they're in a pickle right now. Well, I'll tell you, that's the... Because you could have done the whole James Beard thing on Zoom if you wanted to, or YouTube, yeah. or Facebook, yeah. you know, whatever. Oh, interesting that they wouldn't just admit that's the... That would be a step in the right direction to say, they listen, did. this is... Oh, they did? Yeah, there's an oh. article on it. Yeah. I read it yesterday. I don't remember who published it. Yeah. I'll have to look that up. Interesting. Well, they did say, and this speaks to that, uh, that they're talking about facing the challenges together of, you know, all the things that have happened to restaurants. 
to rebuild a stronger, more equitable restaurant industry. So maybe that's a a reference. All right, this is happier news then. Tint Cellars is offering a tastings to go kit for 30 bucks, and it includes six winemaker selected wines to sample, and it's 15 milliliters each. You get a wine information guide about the wines, a wine appreciation chart, and a wine club brochure. So it's kind of fun. You could go get that and do your tasting at home. Okay, 50 milliliters times six is 300 milliliters. That's less than a half a bottle of wine for yeah. 30 bucks. Yeah, but you get all the other stuff too. Oh, okay. Like <laughs> like the catalog, right? Yeah, and the, the the educational portion of it. You know, they put all that together. So. Um, and I wonder how that wine tastes after they portioned it into a 50 milliliter and then you finally get home and four hours later you get yeah. into it. I don't know. Huh. We'll see. I, I just admire the, you know. Yeah, well, I see people trying new stuff. Yeah, and, and they've got small areas. They've got, you know, it's not large and you talk about six feet social distancing. You can't get very many people in. So if you can find a way that people can learn about your wines and taste your wines, and I'm I could be wrong about this, but I think they probably have the wine bottling thing figured out because why in the world would you want people to take home wine and try your wine when you know it's not going to travel well? Yeah. I mean, you're just asking them never to come Maybe back. Maybe they put them in those Negroni bags. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just X'd out, and it says Tint Cellars underneath. <laughs> huh. So, all right. Can I get an Uber driver to get pick that up and then bring it over to me in Seattle? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Maybe they could just ship it. You know, the U.S. Postal Service is going good. So Hey, there you go. Yeah. All right. Do you want to take a break and come back and do Yeah, let's take later? a little break. We, we got, Like I said, we got a lot of news bites today. So we'll take a little break. We're going to come back. We'll wrap up the news bites, and we'll do the short calendar that's out there. Very short calendar. And then we'll get to our special guest. We'll be right back. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by Revolve True Food and Wine Bar in Bothell, where a passion for wellness, wonderful food, and good wine infuses everything they do. All menu items are free of gluten, grains, preservatives, trans fats, GMO, and soy. Enjoy wild seafood, organic farm fresh eggs, and seasonal organic produce. Find them at revolvefoodwine.com. Hi, my name is Leslie. I'm from Edmonds. My favorite restaurant in Edmonds is Bar Dojo. Their avocado tempura is delicious. Hello, this is Jeff Peter from Vin Crew USA, and you are listening to the Seattle Dining Show. Back on the Seattle Dining Show, I'm Tom Marin, the publisher. I'm here with Connie Adams, the senior editor. The super senior editor. Super senior editor. And we are going to uh, continue on with the news bites here. Uh, you're going to tell us a little bit about oh. Daniels and Leshy. Yeah. All of these actually are kind of up, up, making you happy instead of taking you down, except for the last one. But anyway, Daniels at Leshy has added extra patio seating. I love, I love that area. I love that location of Daniels. That's always been sort of my favorite Daniels because it's just right yeah, like there on the one. lake. I like so that great. one. Yeah, you know what? Um, I've been uh, working around my building here. I can't believe the volume of spiders that are out this summer. It is amazing. I hope they're serious on their windows right now. And Yeah, because, you know, that Daniels, they, they, uh, they got quite a spider issue down yeah. there when usually you see it in the fall but already in the summer there's spiders everywhere so i think if you're lucky as a patron you can probably get in on some of that extra patio seating but i think they probably put that out there to accommodate the spider population <laughs> well they love those tenderloin teriyaki strips yeah. you know that that's very big with the spiders and actually so you don't get frightened we've never seen a spider inside they just love to hang their webs on the outside of those big huge windows that look out at the lake. Yeah. yeah. So, so don't be frightened. You're not going to have spiders crawling on you. Jack's Barbecue has added a new location. They've opened in Algona. 
interesting. I actually Do they think have that's the probably... cigar room right in the kitchen there? Is <laughs> yeah. normal? That's the way they're built. <laughs> and then LaCoin in Fremont has returned with their happy hour, four to six Wednesday through Sunday, food and drink specials. And they've also started doing a Saturday and Sunday brunch. So they're doing some new stuff. And Salty's on Alki now has a to-go menu for salmon season with their classic and familiar dishes. And they've also started a Friday takeout meal to get the weekend started right. So you can go in and buy a, a Salty's kind of dinner that your family will love and take it home. So that's kind of fun. Hmm. Now I'm going to just butcher this name. Mezzanaote or Mezzanaute. M-E-Z-Z-A-N-A-O-T-T-E. I've got no right. clue. Whatever um, it is. Whatever it is. It's taken over the old Bar Ciudad. It's still Marcus Delario as the owner and in Georgetown, and it's Northern Italian Dishes. Um, the chef, what a crazy time to be changing your restaurant around. And- no, I think that, that the chicken thing wasn't happening. Ah. Probably has a lot of competition, whereas they don't with this kind of stuff. Plus, Marcus is one of those people who likes to innovate all the time, so... <laughs> um, his uh, the chef's wife is doing all the cocktails, and they've got, if you recall, that big large courtyard out there between, uh, yeah, Ciudad and and now the place I in can't the building next speak door. The name of yes, yeah. So I think it's all gravel. I don't think it's like you're not going to go out there in your high heels, but um, especially you. But uh, it is a large courtyard, so they're going to be able to. You know, have some people in there. I keep my high heels near the bed. Oh, okay. Your high-heeled slippers <laughs> <laughs> with the feathers. <laughs> now, right next to the video camera. <laughs> <laughs> Which you don't know, but I've had on several times, so <laughs> be nice to me. Homer has started patio dining and takeout, and their second spot, Milk Drunk, with fried chicken sandwiches is open. See, more, more fried chicken. Where is the Milk Drunk located, do you know? It's like two... St- Two uh, storefronts down from Homer. So where is Homer located? Isn't that um, Columbia City? Okay. I believe. We'll have to look at I just had to say that for anybody who didn't know any of this because I don't. Yeah, because I've been trying to get you to Homer for ages, and you have so many restrictions on when you will be on the freeway or when you will drive. And yeah. So. And then you have to go through the, the BLM marching zone to yeah. get there. and Yeah. So. <clears throat> uh, 190 Sunset in Edmonds has closed. We just ate there a while ago. Well, you know, like a year. Wow. Yeah, that was... And you know what? They were there longer than I thought. They Their little goodbye on the website said, you know, it's been a great seven years or whatever it was. Seven years? I, I don't know that it was. It was, But it was five at least. Huh. I, it was just, I was surprised. It didn't seem like they were there that long, but they were. And interestingly, a Pulo Bistro is going in, which is now up on one of the main streets in, in uh, Edmonds. Yeah. So they're moving down the hill. Oh, um, and I'm assuming well, they are way moving. Down the hill. Yeah, I'm assuming they are moving, and they're not keeping both because I don't know why you'd keep both unless they're going to do a separate concept huh. or something up up top. But yeah, it's not just down the hill; it's it's over the hill and and past Aurora and past I five, and then down the hill to go from from where Ipulo is now in Edmonds to go all the way over to where mm. 190 is. Wow. Well, they could almost do it then. I don't know. Another um, anniversary is Basa on Bainbridge Island. It's a year old in September. So they're celebrating the week of the 4th through the 7th. Uh, uh, this is interesting. It was special Viet Cajun dishes and fan favorites like Cajun catfish banh mi. I'm not sure about that, but they get a lot of good reviews, so it must be tasty. I stand corrected. Um, the uh, associate engineer has just advised me. I'm thinking of the other restaurant with all the numbers in it down in Montlake Terrace, and the 190 is out by the water. Yeah, it's down Edmonds. by the ferry. Okay, so I stand correct. Okay, I was thinking, man, I am lost all the time, so I won't fight this, but it didn't seem right to me. All right, sure. Listen to the associate engineer. Yep. Um, okay. The uh, only downer here in this group is that Roti, the Indian spot in Uptown, the lower Queen Anne area, has closed permanently. And it's been there. Wow. It's been there a long time. Like 10 or 20 years? Yeah, I was going to say way over 10. And I never ate there. No, I never did either. (laughs) I I knew somebody that I used to work with who said, it's really, really different food. And I said, did you like it? And he goes, I'm not going to say anything. You just go try Ah. it. And I never did. (laughs) So now I never will. Nope. Nope. 
Look for the Roti Cookbook coming from <laughs> Seattle Dining next year. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's do a couple of calendar items because there aren't a lot. Yeah, there's there's really just the two. The first is the Hightower Wine Dinner at Revolve. You know, we love Hightower Wines. Mm-hmm. Tim and Kelly just do such a great job. The wine dinner is going to be August 30th from 6 to 9 p.m. It's $110. It will be held outdoors at individual tables that are all distanced accordingly. Um, they do have plans for it to move inside if it rains for some reason, so don't worry about that. There's an exclusive event menu created by Chef Kloss and his team, and then Hightower Cellars is all involved. They're doing halibut cheeks with Murray red wine, braised duck with the estate red, grilled lamb leg with a Merlot, a beef rib roast with a cab salve, and then a summer berry shortbread with Cafe Vita organic coffee. That little Murray, he just goes on and on. That was their dog yes, 20 years ago. I know, and they've got a new a new dog. He looks a lot like Murray, but, man, is he adorable. They didn't name him Murray, though? No. Okay. He's Murray, not like Murray 2? Murray 2, or, yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. But he's a sweetie. They also, in their tasting room, sell the winery dogs books, which I always like. Yeah, the calendars are... Yeah. Yeah. So the next uh, calendar item is the most critical of all. It's Cooking with Class on September 10th from 6 to 7 p.m. Obviously, it is going to be virtual this year. We can't put that many people together in at Alki, Salty's on Alki. But I think it's going to be pretty fun. We've got, we've, we've based it on the regular thing where you go in and choose three chefs. Well, we chose three chefs, and everybody gets the same three chefs now. Mm-hmm. But it's Daisley Gordon, Peter Levine and Maximilian Petty. So three great chefs, very northwesty. Um, Peter's okay. doing a Moroccan lamb stew. It's free to register, mm-hmm. and when you register, then you get the list of ingredients that if you want to cook along with the chef during the uh, broadcast. You really no. can't do that oh, okay. t- for time reasons because nobody's going to But you still get the hours. recipes. You get the recipes, and hopefully, like, once it's over, you'll make one of them, you know, and you should have yeah. it all in advance. You could have it there, listen to it, watch them, Absorb their tips. So that was the important thing I said. It's free to register. Yes. And so we won't be selling out this year because we can take, you know, and usually we can only take 170 people. Yeah. But now we can take, you know, 1,700 people yeah. if you want to do that. Yeah. And if you're interested, I mean, have a, a family watch party. Um, have Invite your friends. If you've ever gone and know how great it is but your friends haven't wanted to go, this is their chance to sort of get a feel for it. It's not the same, obviously, mm-hmm. but um, you know they can all get in and watch, and we've got some little videos, short videos from other chefs and people, so I think it'll be really fun. Good. Yeah, um, and I know you've already recorded some of the segments, and the food stuff is awesome. So Yeah, the food and stuff so, is and awesome. And there's some good tips in there, too, for mm-hmm. cooking. Oh, yeah. So it's easier to look this up, but it's pikeplacemarketfoundation.ejoinme.org backslash cwc20rig. Nobody's going to write that down right now. I know. So what they're going to do is they're going to hit the internet, go to Pike Place Market Foundation, search that, and then hit the events, and you'll get to where you can register for Cooking with Class. Exactly. Yeah. All right, then. That is it for the calendar. All righty. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we have a special guest interview. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by... Queen Anne Olive Oil. Explore their huge selection of flavor-infused olive oils and balsamics. Mix and match to create some unique taste treats. Take a field trip soon to the top of Queen Anne and experience oils and vinegars in a whole new way. Find more information at QueenAnneOliveOil.com. Hi, my name is Chef Jeremy. I live in Kelowna, British Columbia. When I visit Seattle, one of my favorite things to do is eat lots of shellfish and visit the market. Hi, this is Shannon from Friday Harbor from the San Juan Islands Visitors Bureau, and you're listening to The Seattle Dining Show. We are back on the Seattle Dining Show. I'm Tom Marin, the publisher. I'm here with Connie Adams, the super senior editor. Thank you. 
And we have a special guest in the studio right now. We have Angela Shen joining us from Saver Seattle, which is the tour company. Yes, it was the tour company. Hi, Angela. Nice to have you here. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> We're going to talk about that. I wanted to go back in time and talk to you about what made you want to do tours and where were you doing the tours? What did they entail? What year was that, too? Give us a little history. So I moved to Seattle 13 and a half years ago, and I was, li- was living in Chicago at the time. Now, I grew up in a family of chefs and oh. restaurateurs. So my father, to this day, is the rock star chef that you know I look up to. Wow. So I've always been really connected to food mm-hmm. and the food scene, I just knew that if I wanted to have a good family life someday, <laughs> the last thing I should do is open a restaurant. Yes, <laughs> uh, But the power of food is really uh, meaningful. And so 13 and a half years ago, moved here from Chicago and found myself in temporary housing near Pike Place Market, two oh. blocks away. And I would walk down there and I was just floored by these incredible artisans that reminded me a lot of my folks. You know, yeah. they've been there for generations. And passionate. So passionate. And it's like this ecosystem that has been, you know, the lifeblood of Seattle's food scene for over 113 years now. Mm-hmm. And so as a transplant, having never been to Seattle before... I was really taking it in for the first time. Uh, that must have been incredible. So much fresh produce and seafood and wine and cheese. And I, I think at that time, Seattle was just getting its feet under it. And in terms of it being a culinary mm-hmm. hotspot. Yeah. So it was right time, right place. And so I just thought, gosh, you know, for the price of eating at one restaurant, wouldn't it be great if you could try six, seven, eight, nine different places? Yeah. So that was the genesis of the idea of doing a food tour. Yeah. So you would choose, I don't know how you would choose them, but you would choose certain places and then people would go there, you'd tell them about the history, and then they would get to try a sample of the food. Yeah. Think of it as a progressive meal on foot, mm-hmm. two hours, visit a handful of places that really bring to life the stories of the people behind the food. Mm-hmm. And then enough food tastings and a little bit of history of that neighborhood and area that by the end, you've had a full meal and you've learned a lot about, mm-hmm. you know, the reason why that place exists. Yeah. And I think for you, it's a little bit like Seattle Dining for us. If we do that and introduce people to it, they will go back. Totally. And that's the whole point of this is to introduce people to something they may not have known before and then just have them go, that was so great. I got to come down here next weekend. Yeah. It's right under our noses and people for sure. When we think about Pike Place as locals, you probably immediately think, gosh, it's only for tourists. I don't like to go there. It's so crowded. Well, it is, there's a reason why it's been there for as long as it has, because it really is an incredible place. Um, And it's not just for tourists. And in fact, it was founded for locals. Yeah. It was actually founded because they weren't, the prices were so high during the Depression that the farmers wanted a way to sell directly to consumers. And that's how it started. So it's pretty neat that we have that right yeah. in our own backyard. And it's still here mm-hmm. all those years later. I love it. Could you buy on the internet back then? <laughs> <laughs> there was no delivery. Daisley was not riding his bicycle out. Yeah, you'd have to send a homing pigeon to go get an onion. <laughs> yeah. One at a time. (laughs) Go back and get that shallot. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you built quite a successful tour business. Yeah, uh, I can count myself very lucky that it was, like I said, right time, right place. Mm -hmm. Uh, And 13 years later, we've been, or were, (laughs) up until COVID, uh, leading these delicious food and cultural walking tours all throughout Seattle. So our, we started in Pike Place, and that, that's really where our roots are. Mm-hmm. But we had expanded into the greater Seattle area, doing a gourmet restaurant tour, a chocolate-themed tour, happy hour. Um, so a whole, a whole collection yeah. of fun ways to explore the artisans and restaurateurs of yeah. our town. And I think 
successful probably because anybody who had done one would say, that was fun. The other ones have to be that good. And so they'd want to come back and do the other tours. So, so then COVID hit. Yeah. <laughs> what have you done? So we quickly figured out that, gosh, well, if we can't take people to Pike Place Market anymore, we'll just bring Pike Place Market to people's doorsteps instead. And I would love to take all the credit for this idea. <laughs> but the truth of the matter is my nine-year-old daughter is probably the best business consultant and most underpaid <laughs> uh, staff person on our team. But she, she actually was the one who f- first came to me with that idea and several other uh, people that later that week. But uh, she thought of it. And wow. she's like, why, why couldn't you help these companies and these small businesses? Because now the market, you know, 90% of the market has to close. So, you know, what are they going to do? Um, and so that's what we did. We pivoted and we said, all right, each week we're going to curate at least nine different market vendors, eats and treats, aggregate them into one delivery, and we'll get them to people's doorsteps. Had no idea if it was actually going yeah. to work or not. Uh, and so we put it up on social media as an experiment during our first week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we had this target of selling 48 orders, and I had to, you know, sell a kidney. But we got there. <laughs> 48 <laughs> orders. <laughs> and now I think we're into week 27 oh, of doing this. Uh, and I think we're going to keep doing it. Long after yeah. COVID is over, uh, we've learned so much and happy to get into it, but it feels very true to our mission, uh, which is to serve joy. How we're doing it is a little different than yeah. with our food tours, but we're still functionally doing the same thing, just on a much broader scale. Yeah. And that's pretty cool. I mean, when you think about, and I think don't each, doesn't each box come with a bouquet of flowers from the market? Yeah. Floral people too. It's funny. So the first week when we launched, we're like, oh, we're not going to deal with super perishable things like produce and flowers. By week two, <laughs> we were. <laughs> so people want what they want, yeah. you know, and it makes sense. So, um, yeah. So think of it as basically every week a slice of Pike Place Market shows up at your doorstep. Yeah. You know, bouquet of fresh market flowers that changes seasonally. Uh huge box of fresh produce from Frank's Quality Produce. So think of it as like a CSA box. Mm-hmm. And then a mix of some perishable, non-perishable pantry items, all curated thematically. So sometimes, like for example, we have upcoming uh, this week will be Labor Day Fun Box. So mm-hmm. we've got wonderful uh, burgers from uh, that you know, already preformed mm-hmm. into patties for grilling, a bunch of, you know, hamburger fixins, curry ketchup for Uli's. Oh, yeah. So, you know, we try really um, hard to do what we kind of already did with our tours, which is we craft a story around mm-hmm. these artisans. Why do they belong together? So uh, you, can, there, you can get groceries delivered anytime a la carte from a mm-hmm. number of different services. I think what makes Savers, you know, box delivery different is that, you know, we are curators and we are storytellers mm-hmm. and there's this element of surprise yeah. in these boxes uh, because just like with a food tour, you don't sign up for the food tour thinking, I'm going to love every single one of these 16 food items. <laughs> I know it. I, I know it. You're probably excited by like the majority of those items, but there's probably a few you're like, eh, I don't know if I'm no. going to like it or I could go without. Same thing with a box, but then it shows up as part of the whole thing. Yeah. And we tell you how to use it, how to, you know, best way to showcase that ingredient. Uh, and people are always surprised. I'm like, I had no idea about curry ketchup from Uli's. Yeah. But that's part of the fun. Yeah. Mm. And I think, um, you know, everybody's home so much and cooking so much at home. It gives you kind of a break. I mean, you are going to put it together and maybe have to cook some things. But I don't know. It, it It's really fun to know that it's coming from the market. It's, you know, you're not helping Albertsons. Right. You know, you're helping these, the market. these now, do- market vendors. 
do I, I I can order up one time or I can subscribe and get it weekly? Is that how it works? That's right, Tom. So, yep, come to the site and you can order uh, every week. Or we just launched yesterday uh, two different size subscription options. So if you're a smaller household oh. or a larger family, uh, you can subscribe so that you lock in a lower rate every week than the a la carte pricing. Um, as well, if you're a subscriber, we have a whole bunch of perks. Like you're our VIP group of taste testers that get to try oh. items that maybe, you know, are from artisans are so small, they couldn't handle a oh. bigger program. Yeah. But their products are so good that we just can't resist. Like yeah. somebody has to eat this. <laughs> you know? We've got to get you in front of them. We've got to get you this item. Um, and so things like that. Um, we're just having a lot of fun learning as we go. Because, yeah. uh, again, like we, we were in the tour business for 13 years, and now we're in the curated food box business yeah. <laughs> for Very the last different. six months. <laughs> it's funny because it does seem like it could be it's black and white. But the truth is, like you said, because you're storytellers and you're still doing that, there is, you know, it, it's the same company. Yeah. I think yeah. it works. So, yeah. and even wow. if it doesn't, we're just going to keep plodding along. Yeah. What choice what do we have, you know? Right. Now, what, um, lost my train of thought. What, what are you going to do next? Well, like if things calm down, you think you're going to go ahead and keep doing this along with the tours? Yeah. So we've been asking ourselves that question is what's the long term look like and we will keep up with doing these curated box deliveries we also ship nationwide now wow Uh, we've gotten involved with um, organizations outside of pike place obviously Uh, so some of your listeners may be familiar you know a few months back we launched our first non-market curation it was uh, called the Seattle Solidarity Box, and we featured um, black-owned food businesses and nice. donated uh, a large portion of the proceeds to the Black Lives Matter Fund. And so that's something, actually, with every single one of our box curations, uh, we always tie to a local organization. Mm-hmm. So, for example, all of our market boxes that we sell, minimum of $5 of every box, we donate back to the Pike Place Market Safety excuse me, safety net fund. And that fund helps merchants and residents who have been economically impacted by COVID closures to really have some bridge funding. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, we have every month several different curations that are non-market related and our upcoming one that we just, again, launched onto our website yesterday um, is our Hispanic Heritage Month mm. box. So that features 10 different Hispanic-owned uh, businesses in the area, and it is absolutely delicious. Like, oh, wow. Looking at the pictures, I'm like, <laughs> I, <just, laughs> I want to taste test everything all over again. Quality control. I've got to do it every, every day. <laughs> right. So good. Empanadas, dulce de leche cookies. I mean, so, oh, so wow. good. So good. Wow. So you've, there's a whole world of food out there you could conquer doing it this way. Oh my gosh, that's, you know, before everything that we did with our tours had to be, you know, accessible via, by foot. Mm -hmm. And now, yeah, the entire region of Washington is, is at our fingertips and being able to share that with so many people locally is amazing. Because before when we were doing these guided food tours, 60% of our customers were out of town guests. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now... Almost a hundred percent of our business is from locals. Yeah, so it's really changed everything for yeah. us too, and made our company and our brand relevant. And so, as part of our expansion, we will uh, be expanding into virtual events as well, oh, yeah. kind of marrying the ability to do food delivery right with mm-hmm. a culinary uh, with an online component. So, stay tuned. Yeah, lots to come. There's a lot going on. Does it smell a little bit like burning meat in here? I'm sorry about all the noise, you guys. I, I was watching a YouTube video and learning how to give myself a filling. <laughs> but I'm done now. I'm packing up with some silver. Thank you. And uh, now you can go ahead and continue on with the interview. Now we can't talk about food because we're all a little queasy. But 
<laughs> well, I was just going to mention that um, Cooking with Class is coming up, as I continually mention, and you have donated to that, and you donate to other items. And this is something that people can start to think about with you guys. It's not just a home thing. Businesses, nonprofit groups, who else can use your services? Yeah, so we've gotten involved in a lot of virtual fundraising events now mm-hmm. because in-person events don't work. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, if you still want to have food be a major component of, you know, being a festive event, even though it's gone virtual, uh, we can work with you guys to bring that food or curate a really fun meal package mm-hmm. or charcuterie, party foods all together that is delivered to your home or like a you, you, if you're hosting a quote-unquote virtual table, mm-hmm. let's say, of five <laughs> people, uh, everybody can enjoy those yeah. same items because food still is the most powerful language to, that brings people together. Mm-hmm. And in other ways that we're working with uh, different organizations include corporate groups, so companies now that have so many employees working from home mm-hmm. um, and not eating lunch as normal free perk, let's say, yeah. at Google, um, being able to send a, you know, a box of ours directly to their employees' doorsteps as yeah. a token of gratitude. It helps when you're thinking about these kids going back to school virtually mm-hmm. in a matter of a week here. Yes. I have two little ones. So just thinking about it brings my stress level <laughs> just a little bit higher. And knowing that you could have food delivered and it would be great food and, and actually another learning lesson for the kids. Oh, for sure. And mm-hmm. we actually have a back-to-school uh, box coming up yeah. uh, in two weeks. And so, yeah, there's, it's, it's a great way to bring into your home several meals worth of items that mm-hmm. have been prepared or thought out for you so you don't need to. Yeah. You know what it sounds like to me is that people should call you or email you and say, here's what I'm thinking about. I've got this group going to do this, or I've got this, or I'm thinking about the kids or something, and let you ponder on that and, and tell them what you can do based on what they say their needs are. For sure. And we're really good at tying in that virtual component. So we've done things like shipped a mystery box mm. to recipients and then host a live unboxing. Oh, how fun. <laughs> and we, on our end, have a tour guide that will then guide you through uh-huh. that tasting and the stories behind each of these merchants yeah. inside your box. Uh, so there's lots of fun things that we can do to be creative. Um, and we look forward to you know brainstorming. Yeah. I think that's a fun idea. You could get several friends if you have a nice big outdoor patio or yard, get everybody distanced and have, you know, where they can all see and then do that. How fun. Angela, this has been great. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank Thank you you for for coming in. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Good luck with everything and call her and (laughs) go to Cooking with Class. That's right. (laughs) Tune in September 10th. All right. We'll take a short break. When we come back, we've got some tips and tricks. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by Petra Mediterranean Bistro. Take a journey to Greece, Lebanon, Jordan, and the North Shore of Africa by way of Belltown as you dine in a welcoming atmosphere and experience the hospitality that Chef Call provides. Need a quick bite? Drop into the attached cafe or shop for authentic flavors in the adjoining store. Visit PetraBistro.com for more information. Hi, my name is Lisa. I live in Redmond, Washington, and one of my favorite restaurants in the Redmond area is the Woodblock Restaurant. One, uh, one of the reasons I like it is they have great drinks, half price on wines on Monday nights, and I really enjoy the menu. Uh, they change it quite often, and uh, it kind of reflects the local area. Hi, this is Jillian from Town & Country Markets, and you're listening to the Seattle Dining Show. Seattle Dining Show, the final segment with Tom Marin and Connie Adams. The final segment. Final segment, but just for this month. It's like Rambo 5. <laughs> but we will be back. But 
before we leave you, we love to always end the show with some tips. So what have you got on your mind? Uh, so in going through my beverage holding cupboard, um, I had a lot of coffee mugs. I had a lot of – I had some uh, stainless steel wine glasses and some insulated stainless steel wine glasses. And I found out that the sta- the insulated stainless steel wine glasses I have can also be used with hot beverages. Mm-hmm. So I made myself a coffee and I put the lid on because they come with a lid. And man, talk about insulated. That's hot coffee. You gotta let it cool down. You gotta down. let it cool down before you put the lid on it. But then once you do, it keeps it warm for a long time. Yeah. So this uh this wine glass slash hot beverage uh, product product <laughs> is uh called Skeletti S K L E T Y. And you can buy it on Amazon. Uh, they come in various colors, and they have some color combination packs, so you can have a little fun if you want to have different colors for different beverages and that sort of thing. That's my hot tip. It's a hot tip. Seriously. Literally and figuratively. <laughs> it's hot. Um, I was thinking about uh, how hard restaurants are working to try anything to keep going. So... During this time, you don't have to do it forever because I know we all get a ton of emails, but maybe sign up for newsletters of your favorite places or check out their social media once in a while or their websites because they're doing pop-ups, special menus, weekly specials, one-day-only deals. You know, they're trying anything. So if you're looking for something different for dinner tonight or something, you know, go out there and check a few of your spots out and see what's going on. Yeah, that's a good tip. Yeah. I want to try that Saver Seattle. Maybe I want to get a box. I don't know. I have to go and dig around on their website yeah. and see what's there for me. Yeah, I think there's – it sounds to me like they're doing a lot of different things, which is kind of fun. I yeah. can see you going for that Mexican box immediately. How about the uh, Kashima Sawant Legal Fund box? <laughs> We're back into politics. No, no, no. We've both done it today. No, no, no. <laughs> All right. It is time to wrap up. Thanks for joining us on the show. If you're not already a subscriber to our online magazine, it is free to do so. Just visit seattledining.com and click on subscribe free. All right. Dine well, dine healthy, and dine often, whether it's out or at home. And we'll see you back here on the October show. See you in the fall. Thanks for listening to another edition of the Seattle Dining Show. This program is a copyrighted production of Mixed Media. It may not be reproduced in part or in whole without written permission of the legal owner, all right? However, feel free to share the link with all your friends on Facebook. Studio equipment for this broadcast was purchased locally at American Music of Fremont Icon. The views and opinions expressed on this show are exclusive to the hosts and guests and do not reflect those of former employees of Bill the Butcher, the Surrogate Hostess, the Beeline Diner, Louie's Chinese Cuisine, the Doghouse, the Five Mile House, Charlie's, the Twin Teepees, Ocean Air, Benjamin's, the Madison Park Cafe, or any other lost Seattle icon. Subscribe free to our monthly magazine, online at seattledining.com and join us next time for another edition of the seattle dining show